Welcome to Fridays on the Fly. I'm Ward. We are creative people, the creative projects. Sometimes we talk about that, among other things. Be forewarned, sometimes content or language may be inappropriate for children. How are you doing? Just me on this episode. A couple updates from last week, because I'm always making progress, always getting stuff done. My metal storage cabinets I was working on last week, well, they are done. I made three shelves. They don't exactly match the original shelves, but they are so close that the average person would never know. And really the difference comes in that the radiuses of the metal, the shelves, not quite as tight as the original, because I'm working on a break I made, and I discovered the issue with my break, it is, I made my metal break myself, and there's hinges on each end, I think it's like a 42 inch, 36 inch throat, something like that. Well, in the middle, where there's no hinge in the middle, direct center, that has a little bit of bone flex to it, so it makes my radius is a little large now i don't know how exactly i would fix that uh i couldn't i can't use an hinge like i have because the hinge is higher than the brake i mean maybe you can make some kind of offset hinge i don't know but that is the issue that is a limitation of my metal brake and because i was wondering why like why in the middle my radius would be get a little bit larger and it's just that little bit of flex from those hinges maybe i get better hinges it's certainly certainly part of it but that is the issue, but it is done, and I'm really happy with how it turned out. It looks nearly original, and that's exactly what I wanted. I didn't want to cut plywood and have it look like somebody added some hinges. I wanted this to look like it came from the factory. And the nice thing is, since my metal was scrap from a dryer and already white, like these things are already a little dirty looking, a little rough looking, so it's like they're brand new, they don't fit. Like, you open the doors, you think they've been there forever, and that's what I wanted. Great project, quick project, which is always nice. And I just love the way these cabinets look, so I did some research into them because on the front of one of them it says bear manufacturing company rock island illinois so i did a little bit of research i was just curious where these things came from because they look old or at least older i mean at least you know i was thinking at least in the 70s if not 60s just with the styling and things i mean you buy metal shelves metal storage cabinets nowadays they're very square 90 degree edges there's no decoration this has radius outside corners it's got chrome trim pretty fancy stuff so from my research on the internet and it took a little bit of digging this was not not the quickest answer I got. Wikipedia couldn't help me with this one. Go figure. Bear Manufacturing Company, they got their start in the 1910s. Now, I'm gonna and this is all from my memory. I don't have my research in front of me, but this is basically the story. Small, you know, this is my caveat that small things may be different. They got their start in the 1910s. Two brothers, they developed an electric starter for the Ford Model T. Henry Ford, he liked it. He made the electric starter standard, and thus their business was born. They started, they... They made auto parts and tools. They started a mechanic school in the 30s. That expanded in the 40s and apparently a pretty big school. Now, they sold the, let's see, the two brothers passed on to kids. I don't know which brother's kids, but two kids. They ran the company in the 70s. The business was sold. The mechanic school shut down not long after that in the 70s. But I mean, this mechanic school went for 30 or 40 years. So if you were not a mechanic, chances are in that time period, you might have gone to that school. A lot of People back from the war went to this school. School shut down in the 70s after it was bought out. And then not long after, the Bear Island Manufacturing Company in Rock Island, Illinois, was shut down right at 1980, I believe. Uh, now, the company's name still kind of exists, but it's been passed around, sold, and it does not exist as it did originally. So since my cabinet say Rock Island, Illinois, they're at least from the 70s. And I'm one to think they're older. You know, I don't know. I don't know if they developed a design for cabinets in the 50s and kept just kept with it and didn't change it. I don't know. That's a little bit of history on these metal storage cabinets. They are awesome. Love them. Next project, I mentioned I was going to build an eight foot tall Sasquatch out of 
plate metal, sheet metal. That is just about done. The only thing I have left to do, I need to rivet the hands to the body because what I did not quite realize as I was creating my templates is that you know if you cut it in half at four feet, the hands are just below the four feet. So I cut the arms a little bit long so I'd have something attached to to rivet the hands to the body. And everything is cut out. It's been cleaned and primed and painted. Holes been drilled. I just need to rivet the hands together. And we're done. It needs to go to its final resting place where it will be bolted to a wall somewhere. Don't know where that is yet. I'm not sure anybody knows where that is yet because it hadn't really been figured out. But it is a neat project. And I decided after working on my metal shells, which I'm glad I'd worked on the metal shells so I had a good handle on how long it took to cut metal with a pneumatic air saw. I knew that air saw was not going to work for Sasquatch. And just the cuts were going to be a little bit rough. I mean, there's some detail. You kind of have some little... I don't know, kind of the shape of hair, you know, if you're drawing like furry hair like a Sasquatch where you kind of come out with a kind of a point and curve it back. I knew the air saw wasn't, it's not going to be conducive to that. So I bought a nibbler and man, that thing is awesome. It cuts through metal like it's nothing. It completely, like it, this Sasquatch product probably taken four times long, if not even longer. Uh, the air saw, I mean, the air saw cuts through, I don't know, six inches in a minute. The nibbler cuts through six inches in, I don't know, a few seconds. It just is zipped around. And it's basically it's punch and die, and that's how it's cutting little, taking what I call little bites out of the metal. But it's a pretty nice, pretty nice clean edge. The you know once I did a little bit, got a little bit better with it, where I could kind of cut my curves and shapes in. But nibbler, it is my new favorite tool. Like I'm just looking for metal around the house that I can, I can nibble with this thing. It is great. It's quick. It's smooth. But it's ready. And yeah, you know, the reason it's two four feet pieces is one just ease of carry ease of transport i've got to carry this someplace and i haven't actually checked to see if four by four will fit in the car but you know it tapers like to the waist the waist is thinner than four feet i think it's about 18 inches or so so it tapers to the waist the top half uh it's the widest at the kind of the hands at the waist but it tapers to the head so i think this will fit in the car probably should check that i guess we'll find out when i actually try to put in the car and travel somewhere but i feel relatively confident it'll work that was a neat project. Uh, and, you know, it's always fun when you have a project where, oh, I've got to buy a tool for this project because otherwise how will I possibly do it? That was the case. And it worked out quite well for me. So I think last week, man, I feel like this week is all just a continuation of last week. So I was talking about Facebook Marketplace and all that stuff. And it's just, it's crazy. I had somebody message me on Facebook Marketplace and said, my friend is not on Facebook. They are interested in this chair. Can you, are you willing to text them? I'd prefer that. If you don't want to text them, I can be the middleman. And I'm like, well, I don't think this this transaction can go anywhere. It just, just doesn't have the makings of a good transaction. I text the number. I just tell the person, hey, you saw this chair on Facebook Marketplace. I'm pulling up on that. When would you like to meet to pick it up? And they said they could meet that very day. You know, we exchange information. What are you driving? What time? All that good stuff. I was a little surprised. I just didn't figure this text conversation go anywhere. I figured I would text them. I'd never hear back from them again. They ended up met that night, gave them the chair. I never carry change when I meet. And the reason, one of the reasons is they're like, hey, all I've got is 220s. Do you have change? I said, oh, sorry, I sure don't. Is that an issue? I said, oh, no, it's like, it's only $10 more. Who cares? I'm like, oh, I, I need more customers like this that are like, it's only $10. Who cares? Most of my customers are trying to argue over a dollar. I use the term customers loosely. Person bought it, loved the chair. They were happy. And this chair, I'm pretty sure I first posted this chair for sale at least two years ago, if not more. Well, first post it, I posted it for 40 bucks because that's what I paid for this chair. And I think that's a fair price. I mean, you know, the Facebook Marketplace apparently begs to differ. But I thought 40 that's what I paid. It was fair. It needed to be recovered. That's fair, too. But I sold it 
I don't even know where I bought it. Long time ago. So if you count for inflation, I guess I paid, you know, technically more. I guess I don't know. Who knows? I got 40 out of it. Very pleased with that. And it's just crazy to have something on Facebook for sale for years and years and years. And really the trick is, and this is really, really truly the trick, you've got to renew your listings. I've discovered, I, you know, I just, I'm not here on Facebook to renew my listings every week, but you've got to do that because apparently Facebook just hides the listing if you don't renew it. So I've been renewing my listings every week, hoping for something to hit. And man, this chair hit, can't believe it. All these diesel mechanic tools I posted, I thought surely I might get something from that. I've got nothing from that. I don't even know to do these things. I mean, all the stuff I'm selling, like so much of it just has nothing to do with me. There's a few tools where I'm thinking, could should I just keep this? Like, could I possibly have a use for that? But I don't know what that use would be. So I don't know. I, just, I don't know what to do with it. I'm guessing a lot of nothing. What have I been watching? Because that's always the question at the forefront of your mind. Like, what has Ward been watching? Well, I just finished What We Do in the Shadows Season 5. Can't believe the show already is up to five seasons. I love this show. I mean, it's, it's one of the few shows where lately I've gotten into the habit of, as I try to review TV shows more often, I just try to wait until all the episodes are out and then I just watch them, kind of binge them. I just find it easier to have it in mind and it makes reviewing it easier. When I just watch it on one guy, I'm like, what happened in episode one, two months ago? But what we do in the shadows, that show's so good, I could not wait. I had to watch each episode as it aired. Just finished the 10th episode, the final episode of season five. And it was great. I mean, this show is always, there's a movie, what we do in the shadows, and it was basically a documentary crew falls around vampires in modern day. And it was just hilarious so much of it, but it's understated. It's not necessarily laugh out loud, funny, but it's very clever dialogue. Stuff you almost need to watch twice, and the, you know, eat like the movie and the episodes to get what's going on, or not to get what's going on, but to get all the jokes because it's it's jam packed. And the show has done a great job of being standing on its own. The characters, all of them, are just great. Uh, I think Laszlo, played by Matt Berry, he would have to be my favorite because he's just so funny. Like he's so into it. Then you have Colin Robinson, who is an energy vampire, and he bores you to death. And that idea, A, is ingenious, and B, it's just executed so well. This season does a great job of doing a lot with Colin Robinson. You know, the most boring character in the show, they do a lot with him this season, and it's it's kind of wild. Great show. Absolutely recommend it. Now, what else do we got? I mean, I feel like this episode's a little short. I haven't, I've been working on storage cabinets and metal shelves. I've not done much for the Honda Pilot. That is so close, and... Here we are, pretty much you can see the finish line, and i am become distracted. But the Sasquatch, that's a gift. Had to get that done on a deadline. So that took precedence. The metal shelf, I just needed a break. And these things just spiral out of control. That's kind of the way it goes. But what I do have for you is this. It's our segment that doesn't actually have a name, but it's, you know, who's the jerk? Am I the jerk? And maybe we just call it, the segment can be called who's the jerk? Do a little who's the boss riff and have a, you know, write a jingle, title song. Oh, we're never going to write a title song, but I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a name, some kind of segment name so that you know, I'm not infringing upon whatever. But I don't have that yet. So we're just going to jump into it. And what, what questions need answers? Well, let's see. Let me find a good question for you that will also answer for you. You get it all in one go. Our first question. Am I a jerk for not giving my kid more allowance so that they can buy breakfast after swim practice because they are going hungry now? No, it's, you know, I like these questions. At first, you're like, oh, you seem like a jerk, or you don't seem like a jerk. And you're like, you never know. Like on the title, or maybe something like, oh, am I a jerk for not inviting my parents to my wedding? And then you're like, well, I mean, I'm kind of leaning that way. And then you read the body, and they said, oh, yeah, my parents hate me, so they never want to see me again. 
And if they ever see me, they'll like some crazy stuff. If they ever see me again, they're going to yell at me and make a scene. Well, of course you wouldn't invite them to your wedding. So these things flip. So this one, you've got a parent. Their kid wants more allowance because he's spending all of his allowance buying breakfast after swim practice in the mornings. And the other kids, they, they're not buying breakfast. They're not spending their money on that. And so this person says that, you know, they don't want to give him more, give him, the kid, more allowance and that he could just not buy breakfast. And my take on this is first, I don't know. I mean, I would be in the camp of, oh, you don't need more allowance, but is it, but that you have to follow that up with, you know, hey, we've got options at home. You can eat before practice if you choose not to eat at home before practice, you can pack something. I mean, a protein bar, I don't know. Like, there's plenty of things you can do. Uh, I don't think you have to have a, you know, piping hot, you know, full full spread breakfast. Plenty of things. Like, you know, a few protein bars, it's great. But I know, I mean, these questions, you just don't often get the details. The person's like, I said, the person here says, I said, no, I'm not going to raise the allowance. But are you giving them options? Are you helping them figure it out? Uh, are you, I mean, if you give them... It's kind of like if you lead a horse to water, you can't make it drink. Are you giving your kid options saying, hey, you can pack this? You know, what can I help you do? Do you want me to, you know, lay some things out for you to grab when you leave the house? I mean, swim practice before school, it's early, all that. Because, um, you know, if you just tell a kid like, oh, why don't you just eat before? Or why don't you just pack something? Well, you know, like sometimes kids need to be shown. They need some examples. You know, I don't know the situation here. And I don't know if this person did that or not. Based on what they said, they haven't. But you got to make sure your kid is getting food. And if, you know, swim practice is crazy early, like I get the convenience of buying a meal after practice. Maybe it's a social thing. Maybe he's with a team. You know, so maybe I would raise the allowance because there's a lot of questions here we don't have answers to. But I think the main tenets here are if you got a teenage kid, you got to make sure they're getting fed and either, you know, I think they could pack it, but I would not be against packing my kid uh, a breakfast. I mean, I have a kid that's not that old, but, you know, in the adolescence age, I've packed their lunch before, and he's packed his lunch before. You know what? I'm not sure I love that question, but that's okay. Here's another question. Am I the jerk? Because my dad thinks I invited him to my wedding just to offend him in front of everyone. Well, this seems juicy. What could be happening here? So this, this bride had a wedding, and she invited her biological father, who was not a part of her life. The story is that her parents divorced when she was three. The father had an affair and chose the new woman. They divorced and saw the dad a few times, not very much. And then at eight, didn't see him again until much later when she was at a cousin's wedding. And it's kind of a typical story. or not a typical story, but a frequent story. You know, a step-parent comes into the picture, does not like the kids, do not, does not want to be involved with the kids, don't want the kids involved with the spouse, that whole thing. So it seems like the the father's new wife pushed him away from his daughter. And as a result, there was no contact. And so what the issue is here, her biological father was mad that he was invited to her wedding and that he, A, did not give her away, that he, B, did not have the father-daughter dance. And that's that's childish. You were not in your kid's life. Your kid had a stepfather that ostensibly provided for them and was there for them. Of course, that's going to be who gives them away, who they dance with. Like, you, you didn't want to be involved in your kid's life, but, oh, now now you want to. Why? Just because of the social aspect of it? Just because of your reputation? Like, you know, you didn't care that you were a deadbeat dad when nobody knew about it, but now that's at this wedding and people saw you weren't the one to give her away uh, and they're asking questions, now you're concerned. That's crappy. So is this person, is this bride, 
the jerk in the situation for not having her father give her away or have the dance? No, he wasn't in your life. The dude's practically a stranger. And, you know, now you have this, her dad trying to guilt her into, for what? Like, nothing guilt her anything. Just make her feel bad just for the sake of it. Uh, you know, I mean, the story is, you know, the dad didn't even come back in her life until shortly before she was married. I mean, that's decades potentially in between. And apparently, when the bride went to the cousin's wedding and actually met the dad, the dad's wife called her and said, don't go, we're going, we don't want you to go. This, the dad's wife actually got a lawyer so that the dad wouldn't have to pay child support, child support for his own kid. I mean, this, this new wife is bad news. She's actually the cause and root of this. But, you know, the dad chose his new wife over his daughter. You're reaping what you should sow. So, and it's crazy to me that the person's like, am I in the wrong here? Am I the jerk here? Like, why would you think that? He was out of your life. He comes back years later, like you meet him a couple weeks before your wedding and he wants to be the star of your wedding. You're the star of your wedding. The dude is a deadbeat. You know, maybe he feels bad about the choices he made about how he abandoned his daughter uh, for his new wife. But you know what? He's still with the new wife. I didn't hear any apologies in the story. So, yeah, not a jerk, man. Like, I mean, I'm not even sure I would invite him to the wedding. You know, he's going to ghost you like that, be outside of your life, not even, not involved. You know, have his new wife, Sue, to skip child support. It's crazy. Oh, here's a good one. Like, this is, this is an old classic. You see this all the time. Am I a jerk for refusing to pay for the whole dinner bill for seven people? So this person, they're traveling. They're, like, back in their old hometown. They catch up with a friend. They're like, hey, you want to go out to dinner? And the friend agrees, and the friend's like, hey, I want to bring a couple of friends. Okay, the dude's like, yeah, great, let's let's have some dinner. They have dinner, nice place. Uh, the, all these people are, are just ordering and ordering and ordering food, ordering a lot of stuff. And when the bill comes, everyone's like, hey, like, dude number one, who isn't visiting your hometown, why don't you pay for it all? And the guy's like, no, I don't think I will. I This is not a date. I'm not going to date with any of you. Uh, I never said I was going to pay. You never had any expectations I'm going to pay. And you kind of now you, the bells are the bells are ringing here. It's like, oh, this is why these people were ordering a lot because they just figured this dude would pay. I don't know why. Now, of course, these people pulled out all the excuses about, oh, you're traveling. Actually, you're doing better. You know, one guy's claiming he's broke. Uh, you know, you get all these excuses, and people just try to take advantage. And no, should this dude pay for everybody? No. If you go to dinner with friends, you should expect to pay your way. Unless somebody clearly says, I'm paying for it all. And most of the time, nobody's going to say that beforehand. I've been to a few dinners where, you know, you'll have somebody say at the end, oh, you know, I want to care about his meal. And, you know, you fight it. Like, no, no, I want to pay my way. Because me personally, I always want to pay my own way. But, you know, you go back and forth and you kind of know sometimes you're finally losing battle. Another person wants to pay. And if they're adamant about giving me that gift, well, sometimes you just have to accept that gift whether you want to or not. Most of the time I don't want to. But you know what? They can't do a nice thing that they want to do unless you accept it. So you have to. But just the entitlement and the audacity of the people in this group, uh, people this like this guy doesn't even know. He's he's just here to have dinner with his friend. The friend's like, let me bring some people along. You just kind of wonder the friend bring them along, promise them a free ride. Like, hey, yeah, you know, this dude, he's traveling. Uh, you know, he works in some big city. Like, yeah, maybe he'll give you dinner. I think I would clear that beforehand. I would never expect somebody to pay my way. I've never expected somebody to pay my dinner. And it's crazy to me that you know, people have to ask, hey, am I the jerk for not paying for these strangers' meals? No. I mean, are you a jerk for not paying dinner, paying the dinner bill for everybody in the restaurant? No. You don't know these people. You don't owe them anything. You didn't promise them anything. Pay your own way. I mean, I think even if you're on a date, should the guy have to pay? I mean, this is not a bit sexist. You know, the guy, oh, the guy should pay. What if it's a date and the woman makes more than the guy? Should she pay? 
you know, maybe everybody should just pay their own way. There's a thought. Uh, yeah, I'm not against trying to be, uh, you know, uh, generous. Yeah, generous and saying, oh, I'll pay your way if you're on a date. But like for this, I mean, uh, this situation is crazy too. Because it'd be one thing if a friend was like, oh, you're not going to pay for me? No, heck no. Did the friend invite some people you don't even know? Kind of makes you wonder, did the friend really want to have dinner at all if you're going to invite these people you don't know? It's crazy. And then like people are coming, oh, I don't have any cash. Are we not in a plastic society where everybody has a credit card or a debit card or something? This is wild. And I don't know. It seems kind of, you know, really, it seems like the friend's a bit of a jerk for bringing these strangers. Like you're trying to catch up with a, like guy number one that's visiting this hometown. You want to catch up with an old friend. He brings along three or four, however many people, like three other people that you don't know. That seems like a jerk move. Why would you do that? seems like you don't really want to be there, but you didn't have the confidence to just say, nah, buddy, I don't really want to catch up with you. I moved on. I don't know. Crazy thing. That is that. This is our own Who's the Jerk moment brought to you by Fridays on the Fly. That's going to include everything for this episode, but I would love for you to tune in next week where it'll be more the same. I will talk to you next week, and you can count on that. This has been another rousing episode of Fridays on the Fly. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Ward. Go to our website, fridaysonthefly.com. From there, you can find everything. Episodes, iTunes links, Stitcher, whatever you need from Fridays on the Fly, you can find it there. So go there, check us out. <laughs>